I'm Paul Higgins, an ex-corporate executive turned business owner who for five years struggled to grow a cloud consulting business whilst battling a chronic disease. With the help of mentors and experts, I got the business model right, built a sales and marketing engine and developed a high-performing team that ended in a successful exit. I received a kidney transplant from a mate and now on my second life, I dedicate my time to helping other cloud consultants scale quickly with less effort to enjoy life. Detecting an accent, I'm an Aussie working globally from Melbourne, Australia. I interview successful cloud consultants sharing their scaling stories to give you inspiration and practical tips. I have dedicated experts for cloud consultants on the show to save you time and money by working with the right people. If you want to scale quickly with less effort to enjoy life, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Paul Higgins and welcome to the Cloud Consultants Show, episode number 469. Today's topic is generating qualified leads through a marketplace. And you're going to learn, firstly, why you should be on a marketplace and what it is, uh, how to be on there and how to improve that the algorithm picks you more than other partners. And the third one is how to upsell to existing clients the various apps that are on the marketplace. And in particular, if you're a Salesforce partner, you're going to be in for a lot of value today. If it's your first time, uh, welcome. Uh, it's great to have you here. Uh, if you like it, please subscribe. And it's really for cloud consultants. That's you who consult and deploy SaaS platforms to get clients great results. Also, uh, if you're a regular, thanks for your support. Always love to hear from you. Email me at paul at paulhigginsmentoring.com. Also suggest either a guest or a topic you'd like me to cover and uh, check out those solo shows as well. Also, you can get a summary in the notes that you're listening to in the app, and you can also get the full transcript and other links at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 469. And before we go into the interview, with Patrick, I'd like to thank our sponsors. The first one is the Cloud Consultants Collective. It's the world's only revenue-focused collective for cloud consultants. It's peer answering business questions for free uh, for each other. And I always think that it's much better than Google and YouTube, but why don't you test that yourself? Go and sign up for free at cloudconsultantscollective.com. And the other is SendSpark. It's a fantastic personalized video platform. It allows you to add the best feature of your business, which is you, into the communication, which will help for greater close rates. And you can get six months for free at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash send spark. So today's guest is Patrick. He started his career at Thomas Railder, where he worked for various consulting and sales roles for around eight and a half years. Then he left there and joined an early stage venture-backed company called Physical Note or Fiscal Note. And he was the director of business development there. And he really credits his experience as one of the most beneficial of his career and really was the incubator for what he knew then was to go and start his own business. And um, he then went from a fiscal note to Gartner, which I'm sure you've all heard of Gartner. And uh, he led the financial services practice there for four years. Then he went into Salesforce and was the director of strategic banking accounts at Salesforce. So he's got some brilliant research, startup, and also large SaaS platform experience. And then given all of this experience, he decided to go out and start his own company in January of 2000. 
and 22 after his two-year stint at Salesforce. So what I'll do now is hand you over to Patrick Cronin from Invisory.org, and this is episode 469. Great to have you here, Patrick. Thanks for having me, Paul. Looking forward to the discussion today. Yeah, look, I'm very excited by this. So Nikolai introduced you uh, to me and uh, we had a great conversation. We want to now share it with you as predominantly as a Salesforce partner. There is some value here, I think, if you're across other platforms, but uh, in particular, if you're a Salesforce partner, you're going to love this. So I always kick off with who your ideal client is and more importantly, what problems do you help to solve for them? So why don't we kick off with that? Absolutely. And thanks again for the time, Paul. So Patrick Cronin, founder and CEO of Advisory. And Advisory, Paul, is a platform that's been created to help ISVs and services firms go to market within ecosystems like the Salesforce App Exchange. To your point, we are covering five additional marketplaces now, but a big focus will continue to be on the Salesforce ecosystem. Super excited for the conversation. Yeah, brilliant. So tell us a little bit, like to me, in my words, it's a marketplace, but just tell me a little bit about it, you know, what sides there are on the marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. And the company too, it might be helpful to just give you a quick overview of our origin story. I had spent a little over four years at Gartner, leading one of their financial services practices. It was really during that time that I had seen there was a desire from CIOs and CTOs to better understand what ISVs or services firms from the Salesforce ecosystem they should be leveraging for their respective use cases. They struggled to get accurate insight on which solutions or which vendors they should be leveraging. And that's really a byproduct of the success of the Salesforce ecosystem, frankly. You now have over 5,000 ISVs. You have over 2,000 SI partners. That makes it very challenging for people to know on the customer side which ones to use for any of the use cases that are coming across their desk. Seeing that Gartner, G2, Captera, we're not providing granular coverage as it relates to these ecosystems. I had seen a real opportunity there and continue to think about it, work on some ideating around the problem and, and how to potentially solve for it. Fast forward to Coast Gardner and I had moved to Salesforce where I saw this problem even more closely during my time there. So I started to, to work in my free time a little bit more on this and came up with the concept of building out a marketplace that was not transactional, but really could act as a Gartner for the Salesforce ecosystem, provide data-driven coverage on all of the ISVs and all of the services firms. So customers could quickly know which solutions they should be leveraging for the use cases that they were looking to solve for. Beyond that, we really wanted to create an experience, Paul, that was different from a G2 or a Captera when you're you're coming in typically once every three to five months when that use case does come across your desk. We've built some functionality into our platform that creates a much more tailored experience. So customers can just pop in on a bi-weekly basis and review a tailored carousel 
that is surfacing for them, ISVs or services firms that are the most relevant for their particular industry sector, for their job title, their business unit. So our goal has always been drive automation and create more of a repeatable process and reason for customers to come back in and engage and stay up to date on SIs or new ISVs that might be able to help their business create more business value that, that's derived from the Salesforce platform. Right. So from the demand side, from the client side, obviously we've got standalone companies that are looking for either an ISV solution or an IS solution. But do you also have Salesforce partners themselves also looking for an ISV provided to or a particular apps to sell to their clients? So is on the demand side, is it, you know, if I got it right, is it like two key clients, I suppose, sitting on that client side, the demand side? Yeah, it's a great question. And and it's really broken out into three personas. So you were spot on. You've got the Salesforce end customers who are looking to identify the most relevant ISV or services partner. And then you also have both the ISVs and the services firms that are looking to identify the most relevant customers to sell into. So that's really how you would think of breaking out our three personas. Now, any Salesforce customer can create a free profile, come into the advisory marketplace, and search for or receive intelligent recommendations on ISVs or services firms that may be most relevant. And then we are capturing all of that intent data activity, whether it's a customer clicking into the profile of an SI or it's a customer searching for, I'm looking for a CPQ consulting partner, we are capturing and providing that in a real dashboard view for either our ISV or SI customers. And because of the granularity of that end user's information, who is providing that intent data, they receive the name, the email, the company, the job title, and the business unit of that Salesforce end user and can perform lead gen outreach by reaching out directly to that individual and, and you know stating that they notice that they might be interested in a CPQ partner. Great. That's some great background. So let's just dive in because I think most of you listening at the moment are probably you know, Salesforce, you know, IS partners, right? So and I think you said the split is roughly about 40% of the current search volume is is for that. So, you know, as a partner. Now, we're all looking for more self-generated leads. Like Salesforce are great, but they don't always provide them in the right time. They don't always provide them with enough notice. So it's always great to have another source, right? So let's say I'm in financial services. I'm looking for a partner. And and let's say I'm looking for a partner in the US, right, as an example. So just take us through what the experience would be like or what are the key things that the client, the Salesforce client, is putting into the, the platform to get closer to picking the right IS? Yeah, it's a great question, Paul. And it's cut into a couple of different flavors for that end user. The first would be they can rely on those intelligent recommendations, pop into their advisory account, and just look to see who has been filtered through and recommended to them as a relevant prospective partner. So all their profile details are advisory data-driven algorithm scoring 
that particular SI firm. That would be the first way. The second way would be the end customer could do a keyword search for something like the example I mentioned earlier, top CPQ consulting firms, right? And then from there, they can sort by either most relevant or by highest advisory score that have CPQ coverage. The third way, we've actually created a tailored connector feature where end customers can answer a short 15-question survey within the platform. Once our system intakes those survey results, it's taking those responses and matching them up to our algorithm with the most relevant consulting firms based on the way the customer has answered those particular questions. So it's a very seamless process for customers to take this large group of 2,300 consulting partners and narrow it down to a short list of closer to five to 10. And then from there, the customer can reach out. Or if one of those five to 10 partners that surface is a customer of ours, they're going to receive that intent data feed and have the ability to know that customers fill out a survey and they're interested in looking for that type of consulting partner. Yeah, great. So it's good. It allows uh, proactivity by the by you, the the partner, to go see who's searching in your particular area, but it also provides the value. So as far as you know, brand awareness and I suppose being picked up by the algorithm more than not. Like, what are some key things that Salesforce partners should do on Invisionary, um, advisory, I should say, to be selected? Yeah, that's a great question, Paul. And couple of important things for partners to consider, you know, first would be ensuring that they have all of their projects completed up to date and they're reporting them correctly to the Salesforce ISV and SI team that's collecting all those projects completed. Another would be trying to certify as many team members as possible. One of the inputs of our algorithm in assessing SI partners is certifications by employee, not just overall certifications of the firm. And we did that intentionally, Paul, because we found there are many firms that advertise that they have 100 certifications, but those 100 certifications might be split across five people, right? So customers want to know how many certifications per employee particular partner has. And we have found that it's also a big value add because if you're certifying your sales team at a partner, as an example, there is more likelihood that you're not going to run into issues with disagreements about scope or things being overcommitted to during discovery conversations. So there's a lot of value in certifying as many of the team members as possible. Other factors would be continuing to add different areas of product expertise or industry sector expertise. We find that the partners who have very robust coverage in those different areas have very strong CSAT scores, very strong reviews that have been provided within the app exchange. We find with that additional coverage, they're able to cast a wider net, right? And ensure that 
a customer looking for any of the many things they may have or, or will be, they're able to surface in that result list of areas that are of interest. I work with Salesforce partners at the moment, and one of the key things I'm working with them on is to actually be more a niche or niche or, you know, be more pick a vertical, right? Because, you know, we all know the saying that, you know, you can't stand for everybody and everything, right? And, and especially if you're, I suppose, on your way up, as you get bigger as a Salesforce partner, I know that you can then have multiple verticals, but I always suggest that you, you know, nail one first. How does that play out with what you just said? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and all it really means for that SI partner is if they've decided not to, let's just say they really want to stick with coverage for marketing cloud, sales cloud, and commerce cloud. All that means for them is they will not be surfacing when a customer is looking for service cloud. So it really just lessens the overall opportunity that could be generated for them as part of the platform. But from a peer scoring standpoint, no one is being dinged as part of our algorithm. And and I actually very much agree with your comments, Paul, on not trying to promote yourself as a partner that has expertise in a certain area just for the sake of promoting it. I actually would argue that, that that's very detrimental to the ecosystem and to customers. And so I, I should clarify that point to say there's the one side of it, which is the more product areas you're covering, the more gotcha. industry sectors you're covering, the more likelihood you, you will surface. Yeah. But it will not impact if you decide to just focus on three key cloud product areas, one industry vertical. Anytime someone's coming in for one of those three product areas or that industry vertical, you still will surface and your score will remain very, very strong, as long as those other factors we mentioned are are accompanying your profile. Is there any place in the algorithm for customer reviews, so past experiences on the platform? Does that at all impact the score? Yeah, it's a great question. And so this, this has been a really interesting one for us because there's different ways to look at reviews, right? You, you could look at it from a just straight line perspective of how many of these partners have received five-star reviews, or you can click into the actual text using NLP and try to surface even more granular insight from that review text. We think it's important to do the latter, right? And identify areas where an SI may have received a four-star review, but there might've been a call out of customer success and responsiveness lacking, right? That's an important thing for a customer to know about. On the other side of it, there might be a three-star review that is absolutely glowing. That could have been an error, right? A, A person made a mistake. So we do think it's important and we'll continue to use NLP to identify patterns within the text to surface as reliable of insights as we can for the end customer side to review. Yeah. And, and, and just, all of that is... Yeah. Sorry, Patrick, just in case people don't know what NLP in this context means, because I'm sure it's not neuro-linguistic programming, like what I think NLP is. What What's NLP mean in this sense? Yeah. Natural language processing. Yeah. Right. So the, the on the client side again, are there particular size of companies, particular industries that you know you know is the 
80 20 rule at the moment on the platform. Just give us a bit of a context as to, you know, what the client, the end clients are looking like at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we've seen a big push, I would say, from industry verticals like financial services, like healthcare and life sciences. Consumer has been very strong. We're starting to see more in the manufacturing industrials. I would say at the moment that the two biggest or consistently the most popular verticals for us, uh, as far as activity is concerned, have been financial services and HLS, which is an interesting one, right? Because they are two of the most heavily regulated industry sectors. A lot more complexity there. There is oftentimes more likely a, a need to bring in a partner who specializes in one of those verticals. So we shouldn't be that surprised by that, Paul, from, from our perspective, given people are really trying to ensure they're doing the things that need to be done right versus trying to do any of this work in-house. Yeah, and, you know, you're listening to Patrick and you're thinking, mm, is this, you know, worth me getting on this platform, right? Is there, you know, any on the other side, the the IS partners, is there any attributes, you know, are they all 200 plus seat partners or is there a mix? Just give us a bit of an indication of who's on the platform from the supply side at the moment. Yeah, great question. So it's really, I'd say closer to, you know, 90% end user for the moment. We probably have about 10% of partners who will come in and it's difficult to know, Paul, if they're coming in just to you know, test out the platform and our algorithm to see for themselves how it meets expectations versus their perspective on a solution that they're very well versed in, or if they are actively working on projects where they're looking for something that may be a good fit for a prospective customer, and they're actually using our platform to identify solution recommendations. But 90% is end customer activity. So we would expect that that will continue to be the, the heavy majority of the overall engagement activity. Yeah. Okay. And the way that people, so, you know, once again, I'm a Salesforce partner, I'm thinking, okay, this is great. I want to get in there and see what people are searching for. How do they sign up? You know, how does the process work? They can actually come to advisory.co. They can book time on our Calendly and schedule a 15 to 30 minute meeting, you know, with us. And we can get them set up very quickly from that standpoint, Paul. It's entirely free for them to go in and sign in as the owner of a particular profile or a SI partners profile within the platform. They will just have to subscribe if they're looking to get access to any of the buyer intent data to track what end users are looking at and what may be most relevant so they can uncover lead gen opportunities. So it is very much something that we love having those conversations. Even if SI partners are not looking to do the subscription, we still enjoy the conversations and helping them get set up as a free user, both to leverage it for their own use cases, as well as provide feedback to us. And if they think there are any areas that they would challenge as far as how we've scored their firm within our marketplace. Yeah, great. And look, we'll have all the links in the show notes, but uh, it's home. 
I-N-V-I-S-O-R-Y.co, but it'll be in the show notes. If you want to jump in quicker, you can do that. And we're listening to episode 469, Patrick Cronin. So on the, um, let's say that I'm a Salesforce partner and I'm looking for an app solution for one of my clients, right? So how does that scenario play out? I'd say that's where we think, Paul, that 10% of the SI usage and activity is coming from within the platform. And frankly, I, I think there are so many apps now to cover that it would make sense for them to pop in quickly and leverage the advisory marketplace to ensure that there aren't any new apps that they haven't been aware of or that have scored very well that are worth doing some evaluation on just given they want to ensure each of these partners when they're working with the customer, obviously they're providing very strong project outcomes on the delivery side. Using our platform is a great way for them to quickly surface any particular new ISVs or apps to bring into a project to ensure that successful delivery. And it's a very simple process for them, right? They can just create that free profile and come in and engage you know, very seamlessly and quickly. If they want to kick things off with us, we're always happy. The, the team and I are always happy to jump on calls and walk them through that setup process. But it is a very quick two-minute process and then they can start searching and engaging within the marketplace to surface any relevant ISVs for prospective use cases. Right. And from the app's perspective, is it what's already in existence in the marketplace itself, right? But is it also the ability to find someone to build a solution that doesn't exist? Does it cover both or is it just covering one aspect at the moment? That's a really good question, Paul, and something that we've thought a lot about. We are not currently doing that. We are currently only providing coverage of all of the existing apps and consulting partners from the Salesforce ecosystem. That could change over time, right? But today that that's our comprehensive coverage yeah and, and look if you are listening you've got a need for that please reach out to me because i do know a lot of great isvs that are building apps in different parts of the world so i can certainly help you in that but uh for existing apps i think you know this is a, is a great uh, platform for that and and what i really love is you know, my background at coca-cola was always you know we had lots and lots of clients and we're always trying to look to sell more products to existing clients, right? And I think this is a brilliant way. If you see a gap or an opportunity and you're trying to look to get more revenue from your existing client, you know, this is a great way to, to do that because the solution could be sitting there. You're blissfully unaware of it. All of a sudden, you've got the solution and it just makes it so much easier to get more revenue, which we know is a great way to build our overall revenues to get more revenue from existing clients. So I think it's a really, really smart opportunity that uh, you know you're listening to you're getting a heads up before a lot of the market does so you're going to benefit from that and as far as your next let's say a uh, couple of years right Let, let's sort of take a, a fast forward view for um, advisory where, where do you see it sort of playing out what's what's the vision for the business what do you hope to have in in two years time yeah so we have closed on our first acquisition which we announced in early February, Paul. So we've, we've just about finished the integration of the GTM Guides business. The founder, Mike Davis, has been phenomenal. His COO, Sienna Quirk, 
came in and she's now our VP of marketing, also been phenomenal. So we'll continue to be acquisitive. We are in the process of looking at a couple of opportunities and you'll probably hear some news soon, Paul, on some additional acquisition activity that we're pursuing. And our strategy has always been look for services businesses where we like the founders and we feel confident that we can build a product around their services deliverables that can be automated, right? And at the core of our business is go-to-market. It's go-to-market for ISVs. It's go-to-market for consulting firms. We exist to help these customers sell more within cloud marketplaces. And so when you think about two years out, it's us expanding our coverage to AWS, to GCP, to Azure, to ServiceNow, to HubSpot. Those are the six in the near term, Paul, that that we're covering. And we're actively evaluating additional marketplaces that we'll expand our coverage to. The goal remains the same though, right? Ecosystem by ecosystem, you have ISVs that are, are looking to better connect and increase their brand awareness and, and go to market more effectively. And you have SIs that, that are looking to do the same thing. So we really exist to support customers on each side of that dynamic. Yeah, yeah, it's it's brilliant. And, and look in a way, you know, our community, which is a cloud consultants community, is, is similar in a way that it's there to support all of the partners. And there are some ISVs, but mainly the partners to actually learn from each other. And we're platform agnostic, like you just said. So, you know, it's uh, no matter, you know, if you're a Salesforce partner, you're a HubSpot partner, ultimately the B2B marketplace is, or the way that you go to market is very similar. Where I think this is hugely complementary is it actually brings some data and it actually starts to make it easier to generate those leads outside of your vendor, right? So a lot of the things that you're doing, you might be doing it on LinkedIn, you might be doing on other things, continue to do those, but this is an additional opportunity. And as your algorithm gets a lot better, you'll get better quality leads because as we all know, you know, getting leads is great, but when they're 90% unqualified, that's not a lot of fun. Whereas, you know, the quality of the lead is going to be so much higher through this. So, uh, I think it's brilliant. We've um, just, once again, it's episode 469. It's Peter Cronin from advisory.co and uh, all the links will be in the show notes. So uh, what we'll do now, Patrick, is go to the rapid fire. You ready for the four questions and quick responses? Yes, absolutely. All right, let's do this. So the first one is, what are some daily habits that help you scale advisory.co? Yeah, I'd say I am religious, Paul, about a 5.30 a.m. workout every morning. That really helps me get energized for my day. I like to get online early, ensure that I have good awareness over each of the meetings that I have for that day. I'm prepared for them. It's also a time when, as you can imagine, we're in startup mode. You know, We just added our 18th employee, so we're still very, very small, right? And there are constantly different people reaching out about different things. So once 9 a.m. comes, it's hard to have a free moment and really just focus and plan and strategize for your day. So I, I really find that that time in the morning is a great time to just catch up on administrative work, get organized for my day. And without the morning workout, I, I will say, I've had those days where I miss it. The, the day is, is very different. That's for sure. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. That's perfect. Then the next one is, you know, how do you find out more information as the founder and the, the CEO of the company to scale it? I follow a number of different organizations and, and I've found Product Marketing Alliance is a great organization. If folks aren't already, they should check that out. Pavilion is another one that you know, you know we're an active supporter in and, and uh, always great content coming from the Pavilion team. Sam Jacobs is great. I would also say directly from the partner programs, all of these platform companies, we've spent the most time with the Salesforce partner program and their leadership team has been so incredibly supportive of the advisory team. And we learn so much from each conversation that Salesforce partner account team. Incredible, you know, how much you can get from one conversation as far as learning. So we are actively following and trying to learn as much as we can and keep a pulse on everything that they're releasing, right? Because they are the the true thought leaders of this ecosystem. And there, there's a ton for us all to learn and and try to capture from them. Yeah, great. And the next one is, uh, if we could grant you one wish for advisory.co, what would it be? I would say unlimited salespeople. Brilliant. Well, there's a cue for that, but I'll put you up the top. The last one is, what would you have done differently, given what you know now? I think the only thing, and it, it's something I've thought a lot about, the only thing we would do differently, Paul, is I would say we probably would have gotten into market even more quickly. We had a strong feeling that there was a big problem, a big gap in this area. And I founded an advisory in January of 2022. And we waited about eight and a half months before we actually launched the product. We spent a lot of time refining it. We spent a lot of time doing empathy reviews, ensuring that we really had a tight product market fit. While the entire time, we felt very convinced and confident that we did and, and we were correct. So I would say the only thing that, that I wish we would have done differently is, is take that to the market even earlier than we did. Right. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's easy in hindsight, but uh, yeah, if you're listening <laughs> yeah. there and you're about to launch a product, yeah, uh, progress, not perfection is, uh, is, is a good way to do it. So um, you can find out more about Patrick and the business, like I said, is, is home.invisory.co. It'll be in the show notes, but you know, well done for what you've created. You've, you know, it's always good to sit on the research side. So, you know, Gartner, and then you went into the company side, but there's nothing like actually building your own business. And, uh, you know, you're 18 employees now, you've got a massive opportunity on upside, which is ISV 5,000. You've got, you know, 2.3 for the, the partners themselves. There's enormous upside here, and this is going to really benefit you as a partner. So at the moment, is a Salesforce partner that's going to benefit you. But as you heard Patrick say, if you're you know, an AWS Azure, if you're a HubSpot partner, it's coming to a town near you very soon. So um, it's great news and uh, well done for what you've created for what is a, a fantastic in- industry to be in. Well, thank you for that, Paul. And, and thank you so much for the time today. It's been great to chat with you and uh, really looking forward to hopefully joining sometime again soon. All right, brilliant. Well, I'll uh, hold you to that. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks, Paul. What a great interview by Patrick, and I really 
encourage you to go and do that you know five minute setup also book the call because this is the way of the future using ai and the algorithm to find the right or help the client find the right partner and if you're on the platform you're uh, upping the odds uh, so share on what you have found uh, and what you really liked about Patrick on LinkedIn. Uh, just take a photo of the podcast would be great and share it and thank him. Also uh, share it with your peers, especially if you're a Salesforce partner. Now share it with the other peers as well to get them on the platform because everyone loves a friend like you for doing that. Check out our solo shows, as I said. And if you're scaling your cloud consulting business and you want to know whether you've got the right pillars in place, you can go and find out with our free ebook. Uh, just go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash blueprint to get your free copy today. And please take action to scale quickly with less effort to enjoy life a lot more. Learning is just one piece of the puzzle. It is now time for action. Head to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. Get the links and put it into action. Head to your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Suggest topics for me to cover at paul at paulhigginsmentoring.com. And don't wait one more minute to gain access to content, especially for you, a cloud consultant, at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash newsletter. This could be the difference between wasting time figuring it out yourself or scaling quickly with less effort to enjoy life.